Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Dylan for Shelman. Joel Shelman. Mason in for Melker Carlson. And back, Shelman now. In front, they score! Melker Carlson on a great play by Joel Shelman. And the Sharks have tied it here in the third. Here's Thornton, up top Burns, one-timer save, rebound, back for Burns again. This one's tipped, Kellebuck can't stop it, and they score! Timo Meyer, the Sharks with two quick ones, have the lead! Stahl can't get it out, True, two assists now for Alex Drew, Suomela. He'll send it back for Burns, he shot to Fletch, they score! Brent Burns' shot goes in off Dylan Gambrell, and the Sharks break through and take a 1-0 lead. Burns trying to blast it out to the front of the net, reflecting away from the wild, and now Goodrow will skate into the empty net and gives it to Melker Carlson, who puts it away. Melker Carlson with the empty netter. Well, I think you got to give credit to, to the players. I think it's, uh, you know, facing uh, the injuries that we are uh, facing. I think that uh, a little bit of adversity and, uh, you know, Jonesy coming in there and doing the job. I know they wanted to play hard for him, and I thought that we really defended well. Um, you know, we gave up 39 shots, and, and you know, they threw a lot at us. Um, but I thought we played hard down low. I thought Jonesy made the saves that, uh, um, you know, that he had to. Um, and I think it's a heck of a last couple of days, I think, um, in, in two tough buildings with teams that are, uh, you know, fighting hard for a playoff spot. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you as always. It's a Monday holiday. We get an early start time for the Sharks today. I'll be at that game with my family, so I'm very excited um, yeah, what an interesting time it is to be a Sharks fan, right? On the one hand, you've got yet another superstar going down to injury. And on the other hand, the team's winning. So all is not lost. And you got to appreciate the heart that this Shark squad is showing at the very least. I mean, if you do not appreciate the fact that these guys are going out there and winning games in light of the fact of everything that's happened to them this year with the injuries, with the change at the head coach, with just everything that's gone on. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's any pleasing you. I guess that's one way to look at it. But this is, uh, it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year. There is no way to get around it. And this latest blow with Eric Carlson being done for the year is just the latest thing to happen that just makes you shake your head and go, man, I just, I, 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 can't, I don't get it. And, you know, my initial reaction I was uh, I, I was made aware Saturday morning before the news came out. I was told, yeah, some bad news is coming this morning. And I honestly thought, okay, well, what are they going to say? That Logan Couture's injury is not you know progressing as quickly as we would have liked. Um, that's really what I thought it was going to go. 
I, you know, I, I knew that Eric Carlson had took a knock in the game the night before, but I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be that severe. I didn't, you know, I didn't really think that much of it. And then suddenly the news comes out, okay, Eric Carlson is done for the year. And it's like, wow, re- really? Re- I, I just, I kind of threw my hands up. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I know that there's been a criticism of him. Some people out there say, oh, he's injury prone. No, listen, broken bones are not injury prone injuries. That's just something that happens in life. If it's soft tissue, if it's ligamental, if it's stuff like that, then you can start getting into the arguments of whether or not a guy is injury prone. This is just a bad break, and I'm not even trying to be punny. It's literally just a bad break. And Eric Carlson, I know that some people have not loved what he has been for the Sharks, but I don't really know what you guys are expecting from him per se. I thought there's several times that he's looked like an absolute difference maker on the ice, and I think this year has just been hard for everybody. The continuity, the flow, everything has not been there. I do know that when everything was humming along for a certain point last year, you saw everything that Eric Carlson could be uh, capable of, and before he got hurt again in the playoffs, I thought he was making huge impact plays last year again in the postseason, and I thought that this year I thought that he was still recovering from the groin surgery. It was getting better and better and better, and I thought he was looking more like the player that we all expected him to be, and still so smart, so skilled, so impactful on the game, and then just to have this happen, it sucks. I mean, it's just, it's a blow. It's one of those things where you, you know, take that shot to the groin and take a deep breath and just look around and go, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you, you, I mean, again, that's that's my my overall reaction. It's like you got to be kidding me! Like you, you've had Logan Couture go down, uh, you've had Tomas Hurdle go down, you've had Eric Carlson go down. I mean, these are guys wearing the season A's on their sweaters. These they don't earn that for nothing. I mean, Eric Carlson is one of the best players in the NHL, and I easily make the same argument about Tomas Hurdle and Logan Couture. And to see these guys go down with injuries, um, you know. You deal with injuries over the course of the year. That's that's not going to be denied. That's part of hockey. It's not a sport for the faint of heart. It's not a sport for the weak of body. Injuries are a part of the game. Injuries are a part of all sports. And something like Logan Couture, yeah, that happens. But when you have season-ending surgeries, like we see with Eric Carlson and Tomas Hurdle, stacking up one after another in a year where so many things have gone wrong, I mean, it's just... You shake your head. You, you shake your head and you try and move on. But again, it's just it's it sucks. I mean, there's there's really no other way to go go about it. I mean, that was a really crappy thing to have break on a Saturday morning, coming off another nice win. But that's the thing: the Sharks go out and they win again. The Sharks go out and they play hard hockey and they get their first shutout of the year. And they don't have Kane because he's got suspended. And I'll get into that in a second. And they don't have Carlson. And they don't have Hurdle. And they don't have Couture. And it's just not going well. Things are not, you know, trending in the right direction for the Sharks. And they go out and win anyway. They won four out of five. And when they go at it today, they'll be trying to win five out of six. I'm not going to be surprised if they do because they are a hard team. And I love the way they respond when their backs are against the wall. I mean, we've heard over the course of the last year or so, going back to that game against the Vegas, of what it means to be a San Jose Shark. And I think ultimately we have to get into is that you don't give up. I'll put it that way. Part of the Sharks' ethos, part of what it means to wear the teal is that it's not over till it's over. And these guys are going to keep on fighting and fighting and fighting till the finish. And that's why, even in light of these injuries and suspensions, they are still fighting. They are still trying to go out there and put forth a good performance and win. And I, I, I respect that. I appreciate it. 
Now, I am of a couple minds of the Evander Kane suspension. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't love the play when I saw it because I thought, well, he's going to get something for that. But at the same time, I didn't think it was dirty. I didn't think it was the worst hit I had ever seen. I didn't think that it was something that was just, you know, horrific and one of those things that you see when you say, wow, that's not good for the game. That's not good for the perception of hockey. That's not good for the perception of the player. I just thought it was a tough hockey play that could meet some blowback. Um, but there is the argument that I understand that Evander Kane is a quote-unquote repeat offender. And I think the other thing that we've seen with Evander Kane is that for whatever reason, he has a target on his back and, you know, the league is going to come at him. And, you know, that's that's how it goes in sports. The, the Some guys have a target on their back and it's not always legitimate in every instance, but it is a reality. And you have to adapt to that reality whether or not it's one you agree with. I will say this. I didn't think it was dirty. I just thought it was a tough hockey play. And I think Evander Kane is probably thinking, man, I, you know, maybe I should have adjusted. Body positioning could have been better. Whatever it is, it was not a dirty play in my mind. It was a, a tough hockey play. But again, with Evander Kane having a target on his back, that was not what the Sharks needed in that instance. And I mean that was not what they needed in a three-game suspension. You need bodies on the ice right now. You need your top talent on the ice right now because you're losing other members of your top talent to injury left and right. And it's just another thing to add on, throw on to the fire for this Sharks this year, just another thing to deal with. It's the second three-game suspension for Evander Kane, I think. I think it's only the second. The other one was the first three games of the year. But you go back then, tough start to the season. The Sharks did not need to be without Evander Kane for those first three games, just like they don't need to be without him now. He's got to be more aware of his reality. And that is that the league is going to come at him and he's going to get a harsher penalty than maybe other guys would have. But that is the reality. You have to adjust to it. Now, coming out of this is just the fact that we keep on seeing more and more young players get these opportunities. And that's something that the Sharks knew they were going to be focusing on heading into this season. But now it's taken more of a focal point because we have seen more and more guys go down, and you have to develop for the future. I mean, that's one of the things that's been so hard about the Sharks' um, overall organizational structure is because they're always making deep runs in the playoffs, and it's not like they're getting super high picks. And they're not going to this year because they got traded away to Ottawa. But it's just the reality. You were going to be using younger players, and now we're getting more of an opportunity to use these young players to get them in. You know, last week we talked to Maxime Latunov. Talked about True. We've seen Dylan Gambrell get more opportunities. You go down the list. Blickfeld is another one. Mario Ferraro all year, and he's been fantastic, by the way. He's the guy that I think everybody has maybe ignored in what has been a relatively frustrating shark season. Ferraro looks like a legit player for the future, and I not to say that the other guys don't, but he came into this league NHL ready. And, I, you know, there have been some plays that he's been a part of, uh, some interesting hits which uh, he's got to learn how to adjust for in the NHL. And we had Brent Burns helping him uh, the other day, teaching him how to take and prepare for some of those hits. But other than that, he came into this league NHL ready. He's a player that I think is going to be in the teal for a long time, and I love what we're seeing out of him. That is part of the development we've been able to gain this year in what has been a frustrating season. And you have to see the negative within the positive. It's not even a silver lining, because I think when you look for a silver lining, that means you ignore the realities but for me it's you find the positive within the negative and the positive 
is that you've had this opportunity to adjust and to look at talent and to look at players for the future, and you're seeing some players out there. You're seeing some guys that can come out and be a part of this team in the future, and it's going to help your organizational structure going forward because you're going to know or you're going to have a better idea who you can rely on in the here and now, what you need to do in the draft, what you need to do in free agency, what you need to do at trade deadlines, not just in the immediacy, but for years and years and years. The Sharks are getting a very clear idea of what that is. They are looking at their future, and they're able to adjust for it um, in the present, even if it's yielding results that are not always on par with what we expect from the Sharks. I mean, we expect the team in February to be aligning themselves for a playoff run. That's obviously not the reality right now, but it is what we come to expect. There's one more week until the deadline. We've seen a lot of rumors out there about what might happen with the San Jose Sharks, and we'll have to wait and see what will happen when all is said and done. And I'm sure right now Doug Wilson is asking himself some very tough questions. And that's what every general manager in the NHL has to do, and that's what every head coach has to do, and that's what all these guys are a part of when it comes to the trade deadline in a year that has not gone the way you'd expect it to. How much do you look at in the here and now? How much do you look ahead to the future? Um, Obviously, this season is not over, but at the same time, a reality begins to paint a picture of itself that you have to be aware of, even if it's not the reality that you are preparing for. You know, life is very much like evolution, I would guess, and it's based upon your adaptability. If you cannot adapt, if you don't prove yourself to be the most fit for your environment, it's not going to go very well for you. And we've seen teams fall off a cliff in the NHL, like the Red Wings, like the Ducks, like the Kings, and Doug Wilson does not want to put himself in that position where the Sharks fall off that cliff. He's trying to organize himself and his team in a way that they will be in a position to compete year after year after year. And Doug Wilson knows that he's not just competing with the NHL. He's competing with the Warriors. He's competing with the 49ers. He's competing with the rest of the Bay Area sports market, which is one of the most competitive in the world. And in the Bay Area, by the way, it's not just sports. It's all the arts. It's all the entertainment. It's all the restaurants. It's everything in this metropolis that we consider entertainment. Doug Wilson's competing with all that. He knows that he can't just watch this team go through a long-term rebuild the way that some of these other teams in the NHL that have. Now, of course, the counter-argument to that is people tell me all the time, they say, yeah, Ted, the Ducks, the Kings, the Red Wings, they have gone through this, but they also won a cup. Yeah, and I understand. I wish the Sharks had won a cup at this point. Believe me, I really, really do. But regardless of whether or not you have won, you still want to be good year in, year out. You still want to have long-term success. You want to make sure that you position yourself year after year to be competitive. That's what Doug Wilson has to figure out how to do. He does not want to go through that. We as Sharks fans, Sharks media, the NHL, I think it's good for the Sharks to be a a contender year in, year out. I think it goes beyond just, you know, having a team in the Bay Area that's that's competitive. I think that you like Logan Couture and Eric Carlson and Tomas Hurdle and Jumbo and Patty and all these different names that we associate with the Sharks. Those are big name players. You want those guys in the playoffs. You don't want them missing out. You want them part of the conversation. But anyway, we got another week before the deadline, so we'll see what happens. Um, Martin Jones, how about that, right, guys? I mean, much maligned, and we understand why that has been. He has not been the guy that he once was, and I you know, fail to understand what has happened to Martin Jones because I know what he is capable of, and we've seen 
so many high-caliber performances from him over the years. I was just really, really happy to see him get that performance on Saturday to get the Sharks' first shutout of the year uh, to look like the guy that we know he's capable of being. And listen, I know Minnesota is not a world beater of a team right now, but that's really not the point, guys. The point is that you want to build back the confidence that you see in a player or that you've seen in a player because Martin Jones, I mean, he's got money attached to him. I don't know if he's going anywhere anytime soon. I I would rather he return to form than be gone because the form that Martin Jones has showed in the past is one that takes the Sharks to the Stanley Cup final, is one that takes the Sharks to the Western Conference finals, is one that suddenly turns around and leads the Sharks to three straight wins in the opening round of the playoffs over your dreaded rivals in the in the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, I, I've seen those things. We have all seen that reality, and that's what's made it so frustrating to watch Martin Jones have this struggle and turn into a guy that is not consistent with what we've seen. And I hope that there's a chance for him to rebuild that. And that's not to say that I don't appreciate what I've seen in Aaron Dell because I've really liked what I've seen in Aaron Dell. He's looked like a guy that has more of a future than I think we initially anticipated. Aaron Dell suddenly looks like a guy now that he's gotten more and more playing time that is a legitimate option in front of the net. And I don't have a problem with that, but I'm not going to give up on Martin Jones until he's no longer a member of the San Jose Sharks because I know how good he can be. And to watch him get that shutout on Saturday, I just thought that was awesome. Made all the saves, stopped all the shots, made all the blocks. The Sharks did everything right in that game. They were committed. It was a nothing-nothing game until the third period. They were able to catch a break, and they pushed themselves to a win. It was not the biggest win of the year. It was not my favorite win of the year, anything like that. But it was just a good win to get, especially in light of the news that broke Saturday morning. Carlson done for the year. Kane suspended three games. You know, there's a lot of emotional letdown in a morning like that where the Sharks could have come out and had every excuse to lay down and get defeated in that game, and people were going to say, yeah, I mean, after a morning like that, what do you expect? But they responded, and Martin Jones responded, the unlikeliest hero of all in light of his recent performances. He turned back the clock, looked like the guy we all know he is capable of being, and posted the first shutout of the year, which tells you how frustrating it's been this season for that first zero you post at the end of a game to come in the middle of February. Yeah, yikes. All right, it's time to hear from someone else but me. Let's go out to the phone lines. And we now have joining us on Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. It is Barkley Goodrow. What's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. And, you know, I got to... I got to start off with the fact that you guys, you know, you're taking the hits in terms of injuries lately and suspensions, which is a whole other topic that I don't want to get you into because I don't want to get you fined. But, you know, this team is responding in light of all the adversity, for lack of a better term, that's been thrown at you guys. So, you know, if you could just speak to the morale of the team right now and the fact that you guys are playing some really good hockey, even though, you know, the roster keeps on taking these hits. Yeah, I think... um... You know, I think we've responded really well. Obviously, you know, with the you know four of our top guys uh, last team, um, you know, guys guys have stepped up. You know, younger guys have have come in and played really well, and just kind of we we've I think come together as a team because you know we know we know we have to play play as a team without uh, you know all the star power in our lineup. Yeah, I mean, does that? 
does knowing that the onus is more on somebody like yourself when some of the other top line scorers guy aren't there, does that do you think that ups your play and do you think that ups other guys like when you know there's no other option when you can't just rely on you know, a Tomas Hurdle to go out there and do his thing. Do you feel like that puts more pressure on your shoulders? And does that give you more of a, of kind of a little bit more attitude out there? For sure. I think, uh, yeah, whenever guys like that go down, it, it's an opportunity for, for someone else to, to step in and, and, you know, contribute and kind of, you know, help the team in, in a bigger, bigger way than, you know, while those guys are playing. So I think, um, you know, guys all across the line have stepped up. And I think that's the reason we have a little, I'm just curious, you know, what was it like uh, for the team? I, you know, we all found out Saturday morning that, you know, Eric Carlson was going to be out for the rest of the year with the, the thumb injury and surgery that he'll need for that. I'm just curious how the team responded. I mean, because if, if it was me, you know, and obviously I'm not a professional athlete, so my, uh, my viewpoint's different. But I would, I just kind of had like a, you know, what the hell type reaction to it. Like, you got to be kidding me, but... You know, I don't know if you had that sort of reaction or if it was just kind of a, all right, this is the reality, let's move on. I mean, was there – did you have a reaction or was it just, you know, that, all right, let's go with the next man up mentality? Yeah, it's uh, tough, obviously. I mean, you know, I had a lot of, you know, injury, injuries last year, so I think he, he was just, you know, trying to trying to get through this year, you know, stay uh, – uh, you know, didn't catch injury, but, but – I felt badly for him, but it's uh, you know, the same same circumstances as we've been in you know, countless times this year where a guy goes down, it gives another guy an opportunity to step in and play. So I think, uh, you know, he either came in last game and played well. So I think, you know, down the stretch, it's going to, you know, give even more guys a chance to step in and play well. Uh, you're, you're not too far removed uh, as a man who's in his mid-20s from when you were making your way up and you were playing with the Barracuda and getting in some time with the Sharks and you were doing more of that back and forth, um, which is obviously, you know, you've you've moved on from that point in your career. But when you see other guys that are in that point of their career, like you look at, you know, D- Dylan Gambrell has gone up and down or, you know, talk to a, a Joachim Blickfeld and, and these guys are at that stage in their career. Do you feel like, you have to not necessarily be like a mentor to them, but do you feel like you, by understanding what they're going through, that you can try and help them as they're trying to help the team this year in light of all the injuries you guys are experiencing? For sure. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it seems like, um, you know, more and more guys are, are taking time to, you know, develop it in the American League. So I think, you know, for myself personally, the, you know, the two years I spent there were, you know, hugely uh, important for my game. So I think, uh, you know, those guys realize how, how much their game can, can develop playing in the American level. So, you know, sometimes, you know, guys spend a little more time than others down there, but, you know, games are, everyone's game develops, I guess, at a different rate. So, you know, I can, yeah, I can, I like helping those guys, you know, just kind of thing, too, for me. You know, sometimes it can be tough, you know, with the up and down, you know, constantly with, you know, different groups of guys and stuff. So it's, uh, it's not always easy, but uh, I think, you know, all those guys who have kind of been up and down have handled it extremely well, and I think they're playing really well as well. Do you f- remember 
when it what it was like when you made that transition to the NHL because you know there have been guys plenty of guys this year um, you know we've saw Maxim Latunov recently you know make his debut and he scored his first ever goal do you remember what it was like when you you know broke into the NHL for the first time were there nerves were there butterflies or was it just kind of like you know hey this is hockey I've been doing this my entire life this is just uh, another game yeah there's there's a bunch of nerves it's you know, when you're at the point when you're kind of realizing your your dream is coming true, and you you've, you know you kind of accomplished something that you've you know tried to get to for for pretty much your whole childhood, and then into your you know teen years, it's it's a pretty surreal feeling. Um, but then once uh, once you get over the you know the thought that you just made it to the league, you you know you have to just keep on developing because it's you know it's it's one thing to, to get there but it's you know, it's even harder to stay so I think once you get over you know that that statement and uh, you know those nerves kind of settle down and you realize that you, know, you have to keep on developing to to be able to have an impact with the team and to kind of be able to stay staying at least and I would I would also imagine that as somebody like yourself coming out of Toronto, I mean, you're entrenched in that hockey culture and everybody's doing everything they can. You know, it's it's the dream. I mean, just like as it's turned in for a lot of kids in the Bay Area now because they've, you know, you've had generations now watching the Sharks since the early 90s. And, you know, I, did, did it, did any of your friends talk to you about that? Did they ever, like, you know, once the season ended or after you'd had your debut, did they, like, come up to you and say, like, you did it, man. Like, you, you played in an NHL game. Like, did that – did people respond to that or did it take you a while to kind of look back and reflect upon that? Because, you know, that's that's a huge part of, you know, the, the, the sporting culture. To make it to the NHL is – I mean, it's a, it's a very select few out of all the kids, you know, whether it's in the United States – or Russia, or Finland, or Canada, or wherever, who actually make it to this level? Yeah, it's uh, that first year. Is, it's pretty special. You have a lot of people, um, you know, coming out saying you know, how proud they are of you and everything. And with uh, actually with the friends that I grew up with back home, obviously, you know, hockey's you know extremely popular. Um, all my all my best friends are the kids that I you know, played hockey with growing up. So there's. There's actually been a bunch of bunch of people in, in my close friend group that have played, you know, a couple of NHL games or a couple of years or that are still playing. So it's uh, it's fun to you know, share stories with them and um, yeah, it's it's just it's fun to hear what, what goes on around different teams or things like that. Yeah, I would always imagine that that's part of the difficulty though is that there are those situations where you go up against guys that you were friends with growing up playing youth hockey, or it's a guy who you played with at the American league level. And then suddenly you go from being teammates to being on the opposition. You know, that's part and parcel of what professional sports is. But I mean, is it, does everybody know it's like, Hey, what happens here stays on the ice. Yeah. You know, there might be a hard hit. It's nothing personal. I mean, cause we do know that sometimes in, in hockey or in all sports, there is a, a rivalry between guys where they're not friends beforehand, where it does become kind of a personal thing and they kind of go at each other, and that's not you know singular to hockey. That happens in all sports. But also in hockey, like you alluded to, there are guys that you grow up or they're, you know, they're teammates and then suddenly they're not anymore. Is that something that anybody ever addresses or is it just known that, hey, we leave this on the ice? 
Yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's a known thing that you know, I think we're all such competitive people that, you know, when, yeah, you want to win, you know, every every battle you're on the ice, every every game you're playing, you want to win. And I think especially when you're playing against people who, who you do know or you have 15 minutes with in the past, you know, it's, you, you want to beat them even more, you know, just because you have that connection. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun when you're playing against them and, uh, yeah, it just, it makes you want to win even more. I'm just curious, who were the guys uh, you wanted to model your game after when you were growing up, or who were the who were the guys that you were uh, that were like the hero status for you in the NHL? Um, well, growing up in Toronto, I, I always looked up to Matt Sandin, Ice Captain of the Leafs, for for a long time. So I remember uh, just always watching him every every Sunday night on Hockey Night in Canada, and you know, I always you know, just admired the things he could do on the ice and. Countless great goals he scored for the Leafs was always fun to watch. Nice man. Well, listen, I will let you get back to your Sunday because I know you guys uh, got back in town and you got a quick turnaround tomorrow. I'll be out there with uh, the family, so I know we're all looking forward to it. And it's you know you got two little kids, you get a uh, one o'clock start time, you got to take advantage. But for you, that just means an earlier day. So I'll let you get your rest in, man. But I really appreciate this, and I'll uh, hopefully bug you again soon. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right, Barkley Goodrow, everyone. Fun talking with him, and I hope we can see him have another good day today against the Panthers, who the Sharks take on at 1 this afternoon. Like I said, I'll be out there with the family because you have to take advantage of an early start time and a day off from school like this, so I am uh, definitely doing that. Then the Sharks are going to be in New Jersey on Thursday, and that's a stretch in which they've got three games in four days once again. Saturday, they're going to be in New York taking on the Rangers. Sunday. They're staying back east, taking on the Islanders. And then Tuesday, they're going to be in Philadelphia, taking on the Flyers again. That's a new week. Just looking ahead at the rough and tough scheduling for the Sharks. But you know what? This team keeps responding. Injuries, suspensions, all coming at their face, and they're responding. you got to love it. you got to appreciate the effort that this team is putting forth and that they're not giving up and that they're giving themselves a reason to keep on fighting. I know we don't like the fact how it's come to this, We don't like that this is how the season has gone, but this is the reality, and I appreciate the fact that this team is not giving up, that they are fighting, that they are working hard and getting better, in my opinion, as the season goes on. The defense is getting better. We've seen Aaron Dell step it up. Most recent performance from Martin Jones, he stepped it up. They're getting wins on the road. They're getting wins in Canada. Now let's see if they can get a win at home before they go back out on the road again and just keep on playing good hockey. That's all you can really ask for at this point. You can't expect them to be world beaters right now. You can't expect them to look like the team that we've seen them be in the past. You can't expect them to be really... There are no competent expectations because this team is so decimated compared to what we've seen for the last, oh, I don't know, 20 years roughly. This is a different reality. This is a different team. This is a a view of the future But again, the effort that we're seeing from these guys, I like it. I like the fact that these guys are not giving up. I like the fact that these guys are continuing to battle, continuing to fight, continuing to take advantage of the opportunity to showcase themselves like a Stefan Nason, like a Dylan Gambrell, like any of these guys who we have not previously associated with the Sharks. Yes, we got brief looks at Gambrell before. Now we've gotten more of an extended look this year. Take the positives, find the positives, Use the positives to your advantage and see what 
this all turns to when the year is said and done. You can view it as a lost year, or you can view it as a learning year, or you can view it as whatever you want to. But my hope is that we're all taking something out of this and using it to appreciate what we have, what we've had, and what we will have in the future. In the immediate reality, there's still a lot of fight left in this team. And I, again, appreciate that. If nothing else, I've been entertained, and I expect to continually be entertained until this ride comes to an end. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. A big thanks to Barclay Goodrow. A big thanks to all of you for tuning in, as always, and, of course, to the San Jose Sharks for making this show a reality. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. 